If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is Enya Crockett. Now Enya has been on before, episode number 314 and today she's going to talk about 10 points for riding a confident cross-country round. How are you Enya? I'm really good thanks, how are you? Great to have you back. Enya, why did you choose this? Why did you choose the 10 points for riding a cross-country round? Do you see that there's a need to teach this or what made you choose this particular subject? Okay, so, um, and yeah, the reason it's, you know, 10 points for confident cross-country round is I think, you know, confidence is one of those things, particularly with Mm -hmm. cross-country, that a lot of people struggle with their nerves for. Um, and, you know, there, there's every reason for it. It's, it's um, probably one of the more dangerous disciplines and things can go wrong if you're not prepared. And I, for one, in the past have struggled a lot with nurse, um, particularly with this phase. And I think over the years I've, you know, picked up quite a few things, you know, through, through training and, and through my own preparation that allows to, you know, really have the best possible ride and really feel as confident about it as possible. Okay, good. So I just thought this might be, you know, might might um, some people might find it helpful um, for their own adventure. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now the first point you've got is to train any cross country exercises that involve lines and accuracy on the arena, in addition to a cross country course. So it's not all just about kick and gallop around the cross country course. There is a lot of dressage involved or lines accuracy in the arena. Obviously there's dressage within the eventing. It's one of the phases of eventing. But can you talk a little bit about that and the type of training that's required prior to even commencing a horse doing cross country? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So it is, you know, as you as you say, it's certainly a lot more than kick and gallop and um, you know, there's there's a lot more technicality to it as well you know I know a lot of people say oh these days it's a lot more technical I feel I can't say that because I wasn't around in the good old days when I was. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah you know so there is a lot more um to it and you know the flat work certainly ties in you know you've got got to have a balanced horse you've got to have a rideable horse you know you've got to be able to ride your lines accurately um and have control of the pace so I think you know it's obviously setting up is, is Pretty much what I said, you've got to have have a horse that that is responsive and balanced and obviously doing a little bit of jumping to begin with. But I think the fundamentals um, for cross-country is that as a rider, you control the line and the pace. Yep. And then it's the horse's job to jump the step. Mm-hmm. So in all your training, what you're really doing is you're teaching the horse to, to listen to the pace you say, listen to the line you give them and, and stay on your line. Um, but you also want the horse to learn to think for itself to a degree, you know, so it's not you putting the horse at the correct distance for every fence. Obviously, you have to ride the distance as well, um, but it's really important the horse does know how to think for itself because things do go wrong mm. and, you know, it's got to be able to cope with that. Yep, yep, yep. 
All right. Now, I know that you're really big on building a horse's confidence and you'd like to talk about just walking and trotting, ditches, banks and water. Now, why the ditches, banks and water? You know, why are you talking about that in particular? If you can sort of differentiate between the ditches, banks and water or even drops there as opposed to other fences. So why I'm talking about that, and that's basically where I said in the, the first point, um, build their confidence with the more technical senses on the arena first. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, things like your apexes and yep. your skinnies and your angled lines, sliding lines between them. You know, you can do that with show jumps, and you can make the show jumps really tiny to begin with, you know, and then and then as you get confident and you figure out your line, um, put them up and, and go back again if the horse loses confidence. So things like... Um, banks, ditches and water, they're the type, they're, you know, those real natural obstacles that really test the horse's bravery and not something you can really replicate on an arena. So um, to really build the confidence there and build that strong foundation, um, I think it's very important that they learn to walk small ones first because then, you know, everything slows down in their mind for them and they're 100% confident about these obstacles and negotiating them um, without that added adrenaline there. Um, okay. Because if you, you know, if, if you, they, 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 you know, you kind of trot and canter them to it and they're not super confident that they kind of go, oh, I've got to do it and jump it anyway. Um, once they start going up the grade and things start to get, start to get a bit bigger, if they don't have the foundation there, um, that's when you start to really run into trouble. Um, whereas if you, if you, you know, if you know you can walk up to a little ditch or down a little drop on a long line first, um, you know the horse knows what it's doing. Yep, yep, good. Now, we talk a little bit about fitness for point number three. So you've got to do the work required to ensure both and your horses are fit enough. So what sort of fitness does someone need to have to start eventing? How often should they be riding? How long should they be riding? What sort of work should they be doing in the preparation for that? Yeah, certainly. So I think look at the at the, the lowest levels, like you know, your your intro and pre intro. Um, if you you're riding four times a week, you know, and at least one of those you're actually getting out off the arena, whether it's your cross country schooling or trotting and cantering up some hills or out on a hack, that's enough. And then obviously as you start to go up the grades a little bit more, you know, you're looking at five to six days a week of work and I know with my horses at the moment I try and do something fitness related twice a week with them so you know one could be could be the cross-country schooling the other um you know hill work or or like hacking out in the forest that that type of thing and for the rider if you're someone who's already riding a lot of horses it's not so important but for someone who only has one or two horses you can you know how, how many riders do you see come back from a cross-country course like totally out of breath and you know that's that's why fitness work on their part is also quite important so you know because there's nothing worse than getting halfway around the course and being exhausted and not being able to ride your horse properly yep yeah so so in you know in, in that case for a lot of us it's often just the usual work around the stables does does a bit but i um like to include you know a little bit of running a little bit of cardio you know just something like that um so there's, there's a little bit a little bit extra fitness, so mm-hmm. I know it's there if I need it. Yep, yep, just that complimentary work, yeah. Look, these are great tips for building a confident cross-country round, so we'll keep going now and move on to number four. You've got to pay attention to your course walk, and if you're nervous, walk it at least twice. Yeah, 
yeah, and, and it usually like it's a good idea to walk it twice anyway. But you know, if you've got multiple rides in multiple classes, obviously you're just just walking them once and getting them sure. done as quick as possible. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah, like walk walk it twice. And look, if you're really nervous and you have the time, like the the more times you walk it, usually the smaller the fences look. So um, some some people walk it three three or four times, and um, you know it certainly helps everything look that little bit easier. Um, strategy with the course walk, like if you are doing it twice, is the first time as you're approaching the senses, you know, think like the horse. Remember that the horse is seeing it for the first time as they approach and, you know, what can you see? If you're walking it at the same time of day, you'll be riding, you know, what shadows are there, what sunlight is there, um, and pay attention as you approach the sense. Then when you're at the sense, you can um, start to work out your lines and walk your distances and get everything worked out. And then when you come back to your second course walk, that's the one I usually tend to measure it for people who measure their course with a wheel or an app. And then with that time, you just walk directly through imagining you're riding it as you walk through the course. And that kind of sets you up and it's almost that initial visualisation to prepare you for riding the course. Okay, great. And I love what you said earlier was the more times you walk the course, the smaller the fences look. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Okay. Yeah. Now, you did, yeah. Talk, yeah. <laughs> you did talk about the visualisation in the last point, but number five, you've got visualise your cross-country round. Would you like to talk a bit about that? It's, it's becoming a lot more common now for people to visualise their course, their dressage test, whatever. But uh, if you'd like to talk a bit more in depth, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that, you know, there's a lot more awareness around now with the sports psychology and that type of thing and the difference that makes. And and I think, um, you know, you want to, the night before, or the morning, obviously, you know, you have time at the morning of it, but otherwise the night before, um, before you go to bed, um, you just take a few minutes, sit somewhere quiet, free of distraction, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, till you just get, you know, really, really present, you know, no other thoughts coming in. And then you just want to visualize, you know, sometimes you can visualize your warm-up as well. And then, you know, going into the start box, counting down, and then sense at a time, just have your whole course there in your mind. And the way you're going through it in the, in the smoothest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I've, I've always found that useful. I know a lot of other people do as well to really set you up that the next day, especially if you visualize it two or three times, the next day you will find yourself automatically riding like that. Okay. The one, the, there's only been one time I haven't visualised a course. Um, you know, I had a few rides and I just didn't have time to do one of them. Um, and I managed to miss two fences. Did <laughs> you? Yeah. 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 yeah it, it, you know, it's also helpful for, for making sure you actually jump on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can show how important it is, but from experience. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, now you're saying this about working out a routine for getting ready on the day, which is great for more experienced competitors, you know, having everything laid out, cool down, cross-country post-care, everything like that. But what about for the inexperienced? How can they actually start to work on getting a routine ready for the day? Well, I think that's just, that's just practice and experience and finding out what works best for them. But if, you know, if, it, if it's your first event and, and you're going, oh my gosh, what do I do? Then, you know, you just maybe do, you know, do a little bit of research and you've got a coach to find out you know, exactly what you need. Um, and then some, sometimes even like a written down plan and a timetable is really helpful that you can just, it might take you a bit more time referring to your timetable, but just give yourself heaps of time 
follow that to the T. And then what a routine does is, you know, when you are nervous or you've got a bit of adrenaline before cross-country, it stops you making any silly mistakes and not forgetting anything. And then the, the uh, like, post-cross-country, um, you know, your cool-down and all that type of stuff, and it's particularly, you know, if you have a lot of rides or you're the only one and don't have a helper, um, really important to have that out and ready for you. So what that is is your ice boots. Obviously, you keep them cold, whatever version of ice boots you're using, but that have them somewhere where they're ready to go. And you make sure you've got your sponges, sweat scrapers, you know, if you give them electrolyte paste after. Um, obviously, once they're up the levels a little bit, you know, have everything um, there and ready to be done immediately as soon as you get back to the float. Yep, yep. All right, number seven is warm yourself up before getting on to warm your horse up. Yeah, so this is a little bit, um, a lot of people would find that a little bit unusual, but if you think of how many people go out on a course and they get exhausted really quickly, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that is because of the nerves, um, and I, I had that a lot too, like, I used to get myself so fit off the horse, but it still went out on course. And um, the nerves kind of get the better of you and make you feel just really weak and exhausted. And it was actually a um, a guy named um, Andrew Rosler. He's at um, Equine Therapies for the Rider, which is kind of like a musculoskeletal therapy, um, particularly for horse riders. And, and he said, look, you're warming the horse up beforehand, but really you're not warming you up because once you get out on the course and you've got all that adrenaline, it's totally different to when you're jumping the practice fences. So what I actually do now is I will pack the horse up and have my cross-country clothes there ready and then I'll actually just put my joggers on, go out onto the onto the road um, or, where, or nearby or wherever, yep. um, do a little jog. Um, you know, and, and people can do whatever works for them, even if it's like, you know, some push-ups, anything that perhaps they've been doing already, um, just to get the blood flowing, you know, get get the heart rate up, come back, change into my cross-country gear and hop on. Like, all, all the butterflies really disappear and instead of that kind of, you know, sick feeling, it's turned into more of a um, pumped adrenaline feeling, which is so much more useful than just feeling weak with nerves. Yep, that's no, good. Yep. All right, you've got yourself warmed up. Number eight is you're having a rough plan for how you'll warm the horse up and being prepared to change it. Can you talk about the plan that you might have, but also what instances you'd have and maybe something from your own experience of when you needed to change it? Yeah, certainly. So um, once you've done a few events, you start to know what, what sort of warm-up your horse will need because every horse is different. And before you hop on, it's a good idea to have in mind what you do need to do with your horse. You know, often good make sure you, you open the can you can open the counter up, bring it back, dump all your different types of sensors, um, you know, all, all your your basic things. But then also keep in mind what sort of sensors will be on the course, what sort of lines will be on the course, and then try and replicate that over your practice sensors if you can. You know, things like angled lines approaching a jump on, you know, a more open canter and open distance and then coming to it, you know, with your canter a little bit more connected and a little bit more closed up for a deeper distance um, just to test those things out. And, you know, things things can change because, you know, quite often the, 
the, the horses, you know, they're, they're not machines and, and they can vary from one day to the next. So, you know, an example is a little horse I ride at the moment often, um, he's a little bit on the lazy side and a bit cold and um, needs to do quite a lot of work opening him up to get the adrenaline up. But there's been times I go out to the warm-up and he's he's buzzing um, and he's hot. Yep. And I have to you just totally, totally throw the plan out the window um, and go, okay, we're just going to make this about getting very uh, relaxed and quiet and smooth ride instead. So you've just got to be prepared to change and not get attached to your plan if you need to. Okay, good, good. And now this whole chat's about the 10 points for riding a confident cross-country round. But number nine, you've got it's okay to feel nervous. Is this where you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. So it's okay to feel nervous. It's not necessarily the same as be nervous. So if you're really being nervous with everything you're doing, that's when you're, you know, maybe not thinking straight and underwriting the horse and um, you're a bit, a bit weak and, you know, all those types of things, um, making silly decisions. Um, where you can be like your confidence and, um, even though you have feelings of nerves there. Um, and the, the mistake a lot of people make is they go, oh, no, I'm feeling nervous, that's a big problem, and get nervous about the fact they're feeling nervous. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, where, where really if, if you have those feelings of nerves there, you know, if you can accept that they're okay and just keep doing what you're doing anyway, then, then you will start to feel confident. Is that where the courage comes in, though? You know, you might be a confident rider, going confidently, everything else, but then if you're nervous and you still go, that's courageous more than confident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then that, that's, yeah, definitely having that yeah. courage there. Okay. Yeah, for okay. sure. You know, yeah. and even if your heart's racing, it's, you know, don't don't make that wrong, basically. But, yes, but yes. That, it's fine to be that way. Yeah. Sure, sure. All right. Now, now, the last one we've got is you've got once on course, find your rhythm and enjoy it. Can you talk a bit about that too, please? And and tell us what you really enjoy about riding a cross-country round where everything's going well. Yeah. So once you're out on course look, and you've left the start box, you've done all your preparation, you know, you've, you've done your training, you've done your fitness, um, you've warmed up. Um, so really now's your time to actually go and do what you've worked so hard for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you take those first, usually the first few senses will be straightforward and use them to find a rhythm, to allow your horse to find its rhythm. And then once you get out there and get going, it usually becomes quite enjoyable. And so I guess what I really love about being out on course is the adrenaline um, and it's the partnership. Yep. You know, it's your, you and your horse doing it together um, and yeah, it's, it's quite a sense of accomplishment coming through the finish flags, having done that. Okay, good, good. All right, then, yeah, that was very good. It was brilliant, actually. You know, I think there was a lot of information you gave. You talked um, right from the start. We just go through briefly, and if you want to add any extra words, you've got trained cross-country exercises that involve lines and accuracy on the arena in addition to the cross-country course. So anything you can say there just to sum up? Yeah, um, I, I think the only thing to add is because you, you've got the adaptability with show jumps, mm-hmm. you can make sure that, that you build your confidence and your horse's confidence and skill 
um, before doing it with solid fences. Good, good. And then number two, you've you've talked already about the technical fences on the arena first, about building your horse's confidence and teaching them to go walk and trot to small ditches, banks and water first. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'll move on if, if that's okay. All right. Do You talked about then doing the work required to both you and ensure that both you and your horse are fit enough, you know, starting off with your intro, pre-intro, four times a week, but then moving on to, you know, riding five, six times a week and riding a number of courses. Okay. Number four then, yeah. you've got to uh, pay attention to your course walk. And if you're nervous, walk it at least twice. You talked about the more times you walk. I like this one. The more times you walk, the smaller the fences look, which is quite good. You know, the first time going in and then um, going around with your wheel or your app or something to get your distances and, and walk it how you'd ride it, which then brought us on to point number five, which was the visualisation and going through the cross-country round. We talked about there's more sports psychology awareness these days and um, you talked a bit about that then the next one you talked about was the routine for getting ready for the day you talked about it being practice and experience you know where you're going to have sponges have your electrolyte post but it's the practice and experience that makes it and when you're first starting off you might want to write something down and organize a bit of a plan for that and then number seven we talked about warming yourself up before you warm get on to warm your horse up you talked about a couple of exercises you use there and then number eight was having your rough plan to haul you, warm your horse up and about times when you need to change your rough plan. Then number nine, we talked about it being okay to be nervous and being, you know, courageous and confident. And then once on course, finding your rhythm and enjoy it. Okay, so that was the 10 points there, which are also going to be available on horsechats.com slash for 2 or else just go to horsechats.com and search for Enya. Okay, was there anything else you needed to say in summary, Enya? That was uh, very good. Um, yep, I, I think that's it. And just the more you practice, obviously, the better you'll get at it and the more confident you'll feel. Great. Yep. And the more you'll enjoy it, of course. Exactly. Which is what it's all about. <laughs> that's right. All right. Thanks very much, Enya, for talking to us today. And we look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Glennis. Okay. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.